Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Preventive Medicine Podcast. And in this episode, it's been a while, but it's just me this episode. And um, this episode is a little bit late for Thanksgiving, but we are still in the holiday season within the United States. We just had Thanksgiving um, and now we are just a couple of weeks away. And I think by the time this is releasing, it'll be about a week and a half to two weeks away from Christmas. You have New Year coming up and there are the holidays kind of all over. So Despite it being a very jolly time and a time where a lot of people are spending time with their families, um, there are a lot of unfortunate accidents that unfortunately do occur during this time, and a lot of them are preventable. Now, this episode is not necessarily going to be anything about heart disease, like what is the incidence of heart disease during um, the holiday season, despite there might be a little bit on that at the end of this episode. Um, we're not talking about strokes during the holiday season. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about just preventable injuries that could happen during the holiday season and kind of as a holiday special uh, to bring a little bit of cheer, hopefully, and to bring a little bit of thought into these holidays. I'm going to be talking about a whole bunch of these different things on this episode. So let's get straight into it. Overcoming saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths, we must now face a new enemy, ourselves. With the rates of diseases such as heart disease, stroke, diabetes, depression, and many others ballooning, we must find a better solution to these modern epidemics. Welcome to the Preventive Medicine Podcast. We believe in building a foundation of health by means of prevention so that you can build the life you want and find fulfillment with no barriers. Hear from experts around the country on how to take your health into your hands. Take control and build a foundation of health for the life that you want to live. And now, here's your host, Raghav Sharma. For those of you who are new to the show, my name is Dr. Raghav Sharma. I am a resident physician in the field of physical medicine and rehabilitation. I've been doing this podcast for a while now. It's been about two and a half years, and this is episode 66, where we're talking about holiday prevention. So let's get straight into it. And then the first thing I want to talk about is traffic accidents. Now, if you've been a longtime listener of this podcast, you probably have listened to our episode with Dr. Chris Hunt, who is an emergency medicine physician. And on that episode, we talked a lot about kind of things that you would think are common sense, like wearing your seatbelt not drinking and driving, not texting and driving, all those different kinds of things. And although those seem like common sense, they are considered preventive medicine because you can prevent a lot of downstream morbidity and mortality by simply um, taking care of all those things of what would seem common sense. And during the holidays, unfortunately, there are a fair number of traffic accidents due to a variety of causes. And according to the National Safety Council, there will be about 371 people, unfortunately, that's their kind of estimate for the season, who will die on the roads this Christmas holiday period. And that is around the three to five day period that surrounds Christmas. Um, according to Money Geek, furthermore, drunk driving related deaths spikes 116%. And actually, this is the most dangerous holiday kind of period of the year. And specifically, New York, uh, New Year's Eve is that time where it is the most dangerous kind of overall due to drunk drivers outside of kind of Labor Day, 4th of July, those things. But this is one of the most dangerous holidays of the year for drunk driving. So if you were out with your friends having a good time, or if you're having a good time with family at home and a lot of libations are had, then make sure that you have a plan to get home. Don't be the one who's sitting behind the wheel if you are not sober to drive. And we'll talk about a couple of other things later on. But even during this time, like I said, seatbelts seem like common sense. But unfortunately, a lot of times patients do not wear their uh, seatbelts when I'm seeing them in the hospital. And within my uh, traumatic brain injury um, kind of rotations within my spinal cord rotations, you see a lot of people that are unfortunately ejected from their vehicles. So 
according to the National Safety Council, seatbelts are 45% effective in preventing fatalities and 147 lives of those 371 that they have estimated could be saved just simply by wearing seatbelts. So they're a very simple measure to do. So make sure when you were in the car that you put on your seatbelt. If you were the driver, more than likely you probably should have your seatbelt on. Just kidding, you 100% should have your seatbelt on, but also make sure, look over to the right, look over behind you and make sure that whoever else is in the car also has their seatbelt on um, and that can prevent a lot of downstream morbidity and mortality. And this stat is talking about just about fatalities, but even other injuries, seatbelts can help prevent that quite a bit. So. Um, if you look a little bit at some more uh, data from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, there are about 600 fatal holiday crashes that are attributed to drunk driving. So like we were going back to, if you are going to drink, then don't drive. Make sure that you have a plan for this, um, that there's a designated driver if there will be multiple people that are out celebrating or that will be celebrating at home. Make sure that there is a plan to return home, whether it's a designated driver, a ride sharing service, whatever it may be. Make sure that if you were in the car with anyone, um, that you have a seatbelt on, that they have their seatbelt on. And also, like I was mentioning earlier, texting and driving. Don't do that. Don't be distracted. Um, all those things can lead to unwanted morbidity and mortality. And unfortunately, due to kind of a combination of all this between 2010 and 2018, there are about 6,700 deaths with an average rate of about 112 per 100 accidents. So once again, <clears throat> just want to stress that it's not just you who is in the car. Um, there are other people that you could also be affecting if you're driving distracted, if you're driving a little bit inebriated, um, and also keep an eye out for others on the road as well that might also be inebriated because it might not just be you who is affected, but um, someone else who's doing something that they shouldn't be that unfortunately affects you. So always be vigilant. Um, make sure that you are staying aware of your surroundings. And yeah, that's kind of a little bit about traffic accidents. So moving on from outside the home um, a little bit to more inside. So there's a lot of things that can go on within kind of household injuries and household accidents that result in morbidity and mortality. So let's talk about a couple of them. The first one, we're talking Christmas, and the number one thing that comes to mind for Christmas for me um, is presents. And this might be because I still like to retain my youth, maybe a little bit. Uh, haven't really gotten presents in a long time. Um, however, uh, there are a lot of injuries due to toys that children unfortunately go through. And in the year 2021, there were actually 206,000 um, toy-related injuries that presented to emergency rooms. Um, about 150,000 of those were to children younger than 15 years old. And that is uh, all due to kind of toys, not necessarily due to the toy itself, but um, just associated with the toys, so whether it's kind of kids playing around with those toys, whether it's a direct kind of injury due to that toy, whatever it may be. And um, luckily, a good news in all of this is that only two fatalities in all of those injuries occurred. Um, and those two fatalities were due to airway obstruction by some sort of ball-shaped um, item, whatever it may be. So that trend has actually been going down quite a bit. I was looking at some graphs earlier on and it has plummeted, which is amazing because we are now more and more um, kind of aware of all these different things that can affect um, kiddos and we're much more aware of their safety, which is phenomenal. So that's kind of it on toys. So <clears throat> if you are buying uh, toys for kids, for your nieces, nephews, for your children, whoever it may be, then make sure that you're keeping safety in mind um, and that you are not getting anything that someone could suffocate on as well. So just keep that in mind. Um, moving on for a couple other household kind of incidents, accidents are things that we might not necessarily think about. Things like household fires. So um, when I was at a little story time, so <clears throat> I uh, when I was younger, I was on a swim team 
And unfortunately, there was a, a kid on the swim team who was a little bit older than me. I forgot exactly how much older, but um, we learned that uh, his house actually burned down on Christmas Eve. And all of us were like, oh, my gosh, this is this is terrible. And the community kind of came together and helped them out. But as a kid, you don't really kind of understand the full ramifications, the full like kind of what's going on. You're like, oh, no, that's terrible. This is when I was relatively young. But actually, there are uh, fires uh, specifically over the holidays, New Year's Eve, um, Christmas Eve, Christmas are a major cause of injury and damage. And there's actually recorded 47,000 fires during the holidays, which result in about 500 deaths um, and then about 2,200 injuries in general. And obviously, there's a ton of property damage that happens. And I think the estimate was around 550 million. And that's all according to the American Red Cross. Um, like I was saying, <clears throat> the days which uh, kind of lead the entire year as far as house fires are actually Christmas Day and Eve. So those two days of the entire year are kind of hot spots for house fires. And these can occur due to a variety of reasons. So uh, we want to take a quick break to remind you that this podcast is not intended for medical advice and is for educational and informational purposes only. We also want to remind you of our Instagram page at PreventPod, where we share various content relating to each episode that you can share with your friends if you enjoy our episode. And lastly, don't forget to sign up for our mailing list so you know right away when an episode goes up at www.thepreventivemedicinepodcast.com. And with that, let's get back into this episode. So let's break down some of the causes of those. So we have about 40 house fires on average that occur due to children playing. Now, what that what those children are doing, I'm not quite sure. But once again, this goes into the idea when you buy presents for your kids, kind of keep an eye on them. Um, and also when kids are playing around rough housing, hanging out with all their nieces, nephews, cousins, whatever it may be, then make sure that they are engaging in something that's safe and that's not going to burn a house down. Um, also, another statistic is that there are about uh, 160 fires uh, that occur due to Christmas trees. And one of every 22 house fires in kind of this period um, started by Christmas tree results in death. So unfortunately, Christmas trees, they look great. People dress them up really well with a bunch of different ornaments, decorations, candles, whatever it may be. But uh, unfortunately, a lot of times that could result in a fire and that could lead to Injury, damage, all those different kinds of things. Um, moving on a little bit more with those decorations. Um, <clears throat> outside of just decorations from the Christmas tree, decorations in general, including lighting that goes out throughout the house, outside the house, inside the house, um, candles, whatever it may be. There's about 790 home fires that occur due to these decorations, whether it's due to faulty wiring, whatever it may be, or just unsafe placement, just it causes a fair amount of home fire, so be careful. However, the number one, the kind of the number one reason and the big daddy of all of these house fires is actually cooking. So cooking fires are the number one cause of residential um, fires with about 50% of all of these fires occurring due to cooking. And that's due, uh, that's per the National Fire Protection Association. Um, and a little bit further on that, 20% of related uh, home fire deaths, like people who die as a result of fires in their home, are due to cooking. So if there are some things that we are looking for as far as preventing all of these different kinds of things, before you kind of cook for the holidays, make sure that you have uh, a plan for what you're going to cook. Make sure nothing's frantic. If you are kind of going to be drinking and there's a lot of drinking involved, probably don't do that much cooking um, <clears throat> as it generally impairs the safety. 
Uh, don't use stove, open flame, that kind of stuff. A lot of hot oil. Probably not the best idea if you are not in a kind of normal state, if you're inebriated in any sense. Um, if you are doing any sort of work with open fire, like frying, grilling, boiling, broiling food, any open foods, any hot oil, then stay in the area. You don't want to leave that unattended and something happened and all of a sudden you are not able to respond to it because, oh, something happened. You couldn't tell. Um, and anything that can catch fire, any sort of soft items like mitts, wooden utensils, packaging, towels, curtains, whatever it may be, keep it away from your stovetop because a lot of times when we are cooking during this frenzy of cooking, there's a lot of family over, there's a lot of friends over, we're just having a good time. We're not thinking about the safety of a lot of these things. And sometimes you could have a lot going on in the kitchen and you don't notice that a little bit of a fire um, from your stovetop is getting very close to that curtain, getting very close to that oven mitt. And next thing you know, you have a big fire going on. Um, if you do have a cooking fire, um, then get out of there. Make sure that you have a plan for escaping the home, that it's not just completely packed, that everything's locked. Um, call 911, make sure that they can deal with it. If there is a grease fire or anything, a fire in a pan, put a lid on it. Um, fires rely on oxygen to kind of keep going. So if you smother that, then that is kind of the best way. So leave that lid on top of that um, and turn off the stove top and kind of leave it like that completely until it's cooled and you can be sure that there's no fire going on. Um, similarly, if there's an oven fire, turn off that heat, keep that door closed, don't let it open so that anything else can catch fire. Um, one of the other things that can be important as far as home fires are smoke alarms. Now, smoke alarms, supposedly, per all the uh, data that's out there by the various organizations, a working smoke alarm actually reduces the chances of dying by half from all of these uh, home fires. So that is a pretty big thing you can do as far as prevention. Now, we talked about cooking. Let's talk a little bit about those decorations, what you can do. Um, make sure that anything that is kind of flammable as far as a decoration, like if you're having a live tree that's a little bit on the drier side or whatnot, that's a tip right there is to not let it be super dry like that. But anyway, keep all those things away from active sources of fires, stovetops, fireplaces, portable heaters, radiators, heat vents, all those different kinds of things. Um, like I was saying, if you do have a real tree, then make sure that it's staying moist, that it's not drying out. Um, if you are using any sort of lights within your tree or around the house, then make sure that they're in good conditions. They don't have any frayed electrical cords, all those different kinds of things. If you are going to bed, um, I would make it a practice as well as the recommendations of the Red Cross is to unplug the tree and holiday lights and whatever else it may be before you go to bed. You don't want to wake up to a fire. Something went wrong when you were sleeping and all of a sudden there's a large fire that you haven't been able to respond to or take care of. So just Keep it safe. Turn it off. That'd be a much better way. Um, never use lit candles next to a tree. Always extinguish lit candles before you leave for an extended amount of time or when you go to bed. That is a little bit more common sense to me at least. Um, anything that you can catch on fire, keep away from active sources, from stovetop, all those different kinds of things. And once again, install a smoke alarm. And on top of the smoke alarm, one other thing that uh, is important to keep is also a carbon monoxide alarm. A lot of people within the winter um, have either fires going, they have radiators, heaters, all these different kinds of things. And carbon monoxide is an output of them. So if you are in a area where carbon monoxide collects, unfortunately, carbon monoxide poisoning can be very deadly very quickly and 
lot of times it's very difficult to identify. So having a carbon monoxide kind of alarm or a carbon monoxide, carbon monoxide alarm or indicator can be very important and can save some lives. Now, um, one of the other things that I want to touch on in this podcast is depression and suicide. You may have heard um, your friend or someone else say that, you know, during the winter, during those Christmas months, um, during the holidays when everyone's celebrating, the rates of depression and suicide actually go up. And they'll give a very plausible explanation by, yeah, they're seeing all their friends and family get together. It's a time of being joyous. And if their mood's not good, it just makes it worse. And it ends up leading to depression and unfortunately raises the rates of suicide. Now, if uh, you are just listening to this, this sounds very plausible. In fact, I actually kind of, without thinking about it, um, someone mentioned this and I was like, yeah, seems seems about right. But then uh, when I was doing the prep for this podcast, I looked this up to kind of put that in there. And it turns out that is a myth. The CDC actually reports that December is the lowest month of all months of the year for the lowest rates of suicide. And the peaks are actually in the spring and the fall. Now, a lot of people are probably just trying to do good and raising awareness for all this, which is completely like excellent to do, but unfortunately does perpetuate this myth that uh, depression and suicide is very high during these times, and it is not. However, that does not mean that you can't check in on your family members um, during these times where everyone's getting together. It is a really good time to be able to check in on family, make sure everyone's doing well. And if someone uh, does have any sort of uh, mental health issues, this would be a great time to kind of talk with them about it, kind of urge them to seek the appropriate help that they need. And if you think someone is suicidal, then there is that suicide hotline as well that you can refer them to. Now, I'm not going to keep you all for too long. I'm not going to go through every single list of morbidity and mortality that happens during the holidays because there could be a lot. As physicians, we see a lot that comes in during the holidays that you might not otherwise. So I'll briefly go through a lot of different things just for fun. Now, one thing that you might not think about is poisoning. So we're not talking about James Bond or some spy movie where someone slips some poison to someone's drink, something like that. And although that could happen if maybe if someone doesn't like another family member, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about when um, your young children in the home are now there. You have grandma and grandpa, they're in the home. They're on a couple of chronic medications for some diseases. And all of a sudden the kids get into that cabinet drawer. They're like, oh, what's this shiny red pill? And they take it and turns out they get poisoning due to whatever medication that is. Now, unfortunately, that is seen fairly um, commonly um, within hospitals. So make sure if you do have little ones running around um, or someone that's just a little bit too curious for their own good, that you do have those medications in a secure area and no one is going to be taking them. Um, and if you do have young kids and you're not on medications, if you're taking them to grandma, grandpa, or anyone who has a lot of medications, make sure those medications are secured. Um, one of the other things that goes along with those decorations that I talked about earlier, another cause for morbidity and mortality during the holidays is falls, specifically falls from ladders. There's actually about 6,000 individuals per year that fall off a ladder. Um, sorry, that fall in general with about half of those falling off a ladder um, and a lot of those requiring hospitalization. And as a uh, going through spinal cord and traumatic brain injury, unfortunately, we do see this a lot where someone was like 10 um, rungs up on that ladder, they fall, all of a sudden they fall on their neck, on their head, and they're uh, suffering from a severe traumatic brain injury, which can be life altering. So be very careful if you're getting up on a ladder, if you're getting up on anything, make sure that it is stable, it is safe, and you have a safe way down as well. Um, the Electrical Society also pitched in that there are actually about 4,000 deaths due to, or four, sorry, 
4,000 injuries due to extension cords, whether it's tripping over them, whether it's faulty extension cords, whatever it may be. So be careful when you're using those to use, um, put up all your decorations and all your lights. Um, another statistic to add on to that is about uh, ice. So apparently about 1 million Americans every kind of winter are injured, injured due to ice and snow. And about 20,000 of them, 17,000 specifically, are fatal. So don't take ice or snow lightly. Um, if you are visiting someone and their uh, driveway is not salted, it's not iced, or sorry, it is iced, then be extra cautious and make sure that you don't fall. Um, we do see a lot of times people come into hospitals, they've slipped and fallen on ice, now they have a concussion, they've fractured their hip, they've fractured their femur, they've broken their hand, all these different kinds of things. You don't want to be dealing with that over the holidays, and unfortunately, a lot of these can lead to mortality, as we said that there's about 17,000 of them that result in fatal um, kind of accidents. Um, also, due to the cold, we have ice, but we also have extreme cold that happens with this ice. And there are unfortunately 242 deaths per year that are in excess due to the uh, cold. And that is either because people don't have adequate heating um, or like the furnace fails, whatever it may be. So the cold is not um, anyone's friend by any means. So make sure that there are good ways to stay protected from that. And a lot of these um, deaths unfortunately occur more in rural areas rather than in urban areas. Now, I touched on at the very beginning of this podcast that I wouldn't be talking that much about cardiovascular death, um, stroke, all those different kinds of things. However, I don't want to miss out on the fact that there actually are 33% more cardiovascular deaths in December and January. And these two months are actually the highest months of the year for cardiac mortality. Now, the papers for this uh, list several causes for kind of this excess uh, mortality. So I'm going to read a little bit of that. So um, a lot of this is due to the correlation with colder temperature. Some of it's cardiac workload, meaning the heart has to work harder when it's core, uh, cold to keep us warm. Um, it could be due to just increased resistance uh, peripherally of all the arteries and veins due to it being cold, which makes it harder for the heart to pump blood out there, requiring higher blood pressures. Um, it could be due to just different um, inflammatory markers and factors that they found correlated as well. And it could also be due to just increased demand from eating, from a lack of uh, exercise, because a lot of people are more inside. They're not going outside to exercise as much as they might have in the other months. Um, so there's a lot of different factors for this. But the point stands that these two months are definitely the highest months of the year for cardiac morbidity and mortality. So the Heart Association wants you to know that if there is any sort of heart attack or if you do experience um, someone, either yourself or someone else, having these kind of signs, then um, you should know what they are so that you can seek treatment quickly. Because a lot of times we'll have that quote unquote heartburn after a big meal on um, New Year's Eve, sorry, on uh, like Christmas Eve, whenever it is that you have that big meal. And instead of heartburn, actually it's a heart attack. So the Heart Association wants you to know all these signs. Typically for a heart attack, the signs are ser sternal chest pain. So right in the center of the chest, kind of like a squeezing pain. And a lot of times in men, it does radiate to one of the shoulders, typically the left shoulder. Um, they'll be sweating, tremulous, all the different kinds of things. And unfortunately in women, the signs are a lot more discreet. It may or may not occur with shoulder pain, anything like that. But Definitely kind of familiar, familiarize yourself with the signs and symptoms of a cardiovascular kind of attack. Um, make sure that uh, you're celebrating in moderation. You're not all of a sudden eating 10,000 calories every single day just because it's the holidays. That's not a good plan to begin with, but especially not for your heart. Um, 
keep your stress low. The holidays are supposed to be a time when we're hanging out uh, with our family, celebrating, um, just kind of relaxing. Um, but unfortunately, this can also be a period of high stress where there's so much going on. You have to prepare food. You have to prepare decorations. You have to do all these different kinds of things. So make sure that you do find time to reduce your own stress. Make sure that you keep moving um, in kind of accordance with the physical activity guidelines by the American Heart Association as well as the American College of Sports Medicine. Just because it's cold out doesn't mean you can't move. So there's a whole bunch of different ways to stay active. And that's at least 150 minutes of activity per week. Um, and then the other thing that happens during the holidays is unfortunately because of all of this kind of commotion going on, there's so many things to prepare. There's a lot of travel going on. A lot of people forget to take their medications, which for many chronic diseases can be incredibly important. So um, take your medications, find a way to stay on top of those, whether it's a pillbox uh, organizer, whether it's a notification on your phone that pops up, that tells you to take your medication every morning. Uh, whether it's on a traditional calendar, whatever it may be, find a way, make sure that you are taking your chronic meds as well. So <clears throat> this episode was relatively short. Um, I'm, done, I'm not going to go through a kind of comprehensive and exhaustive list of everything that happens during the holidays as far as what could be um, resulting in any sort of preventable morbid morbidity and mortality. But I just wanted to release this episode as a way to raise awareness that these things do happen. The holidays are a very jolly, joyous, fun time to hang out with our family and friends. However, there can be a lot of things that go wrong. And unfortunately, they do go wrong. And as physicians, we do see this within the hospital. So make sure uh, to do what you can to try to prevent whatever happens. And obviously, we can't prevent everything. We can't live in bubble suits. But do what you can. Bare basics. Think of your common sense kind of stuff as far as fires. Don't drink and drive. Have a plan if you are going to go out and celebrate and have several drinks. Um, make sure that you are uh, cognizant of all this kind of stuff with smoke, have a smoke alarm, um, carbon monoxide alarm, don't fall on ice, whole bunch of different things right like that. But um, this is a relatively short episode. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have a happy holidays. The next episode should be out right after Christmas um, and before New Year's, and that'll be a good one. So make sure you stay out for that. And with that, that's it. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Preventive Medicine Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us spread the message of prevention, first off, rate and review this podcast. Second off, you can find our content on our social media platforms at PreventPod. That's P-R-E-V-E-N-T-P-O-D. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next one.